Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Looks like if you're an Xbox owner, you're about to get a whole bunch of freeness. More free Xbox One and free Xbox 360 games now available. Xbox Live Gold members have way more for their money this month. E3 is all wrapped up, as you know. So is E3. (laughs) If you want to keep playing, though, or you want something to do, or you're thinking, man, all those new video games aren't coming out for six months. What do I do right now? How about the open world action game Watch Dogs? free currently how about dragon age origins also free that's on the 360 xbox one for watchdogs that's pretty crazy on xbox one speedrunners is free all month long as a multiplayer dlc for phantom dust and you can see this month's free games and gold lineup on the web i will not tell you what they are so get excited june 17 uh, sorry june 2017 games with gold lineup speedrunners mentioned that watchdogs you only get that through June, from June 16th to July 15th. So that's a, it's a month, but it's, it cuts into two actual calendar months. Phantom Dust Multiplayer DLC, June 1st through the 30th. And of course, Speedrunners during that same time. On the Xbox 360, you will be getting Dragon Age Origins, June 16th through 30th. Uh, they did have Assassin's Creed 3 on here that would be free between June 1st and 15th, but that has since been marked off. Don't know why. Maybe it was a compatibility issue. Who knows? But if you're an Xbox guy, free stuff never hurts. A little bit of hubbub today about E3 security efforts. Big uh, online debate and conversation. I know, shocking, right? The internet has a problem with something and now everyone's talking about it. Weird, right? But anyway, it does seem like the show might be going through some growing pain, pains. E3 2017, of course, included 15,000 fans who purchased tickets. And that resulting wad of people were, uh, I don't know, maybe tested the character of the show, for better or for worse. One of the more concerning aspects of the show was lack of security, though. So this is kind of interesting. Developer Rami Ismail, in a blog post, said, For every single day of the event, which was secured by private security contractors... I've tried to walk into the building from the street outside into the show floor without wearing my badge. I succeeded every single time over the period of three days. And every time I was carrying a backpack, I was never checked. Rather, it was never checked for its contents. It would be trivial for someone to bring any sort of weapon to the event. And security would not be able to react fast enough in the hall to prevent anything from happening. Yee! Also, two men posted uh, about their success stories and allegedly sneaking into the show without a pass at all. Uh, they wrote this after showing up in L.A. at the Expo Center downtown and searching for parking for 30 minutes. We found out that uh, by going through the garage was the best point of entry. The guard asked us what we were doing, so we gave them uh, or told them we were temporary hires. We didn't have much information, and we were late to get to the Galaxy Lounge in the West Hall. He led us through immediately, and we were shocked. 
We kept our cool and walked into the convention free of charge. Uh, yeah. I think the ESA may want to address this a little bit. They did release a statement to Polygon that says, This year we provided updates before E3 to our member and exhibitors about the extensive security policies and protocols we put in place to keep them safe. Our policies and procedures were developed not just with our 24 years of experience running A3, but also based on expert feedback and the direction from security experts, both on our team and externally, who reviewed and advised us on our plans. Uh, They talked about having dogs there, additional security teams. Anyway, I think if somebody got into the front door without a badge and had a backpack every time and you never checked it, you guys might be doing it wrong. It's time to go back to the drawing table. After 34 long years, Microsoft researchers have conquered Miss Pac-Man's Atari 2600 port, which I guess is a very useful new test for AI, or a kind of AI. So this is pretty interesting. Microsoft researchers tested artificial intelligence and machine learning. Uh, A bunch of these guys created an AI system that can hit the theoretical maximum score of an Atari 2600 adaptation of Miss Pac-Man. No human has ever done this. Also, Miss Pac-Man is garbage, but that's not the point. The AI was built in Malibu, or Malubu, Uba, I think is how you say it. It's a startup Microsoft bought earlier in the year. It was testing a type of AI called reinforcement learning. This is how it is uh, simply described by those involved with the project. About 150 AIs, artificial intelligences, were created and went into the game, fixated on one inv- individual goal each, such as finding the nearest pellet or avoiding a ghost. By the way, those pellets look like Candy bars. They were never really pellets. But anyway, I'm going to have a hard time not criticizing Miss Pac-Man port to the 2600 here, but it's it's inevitable. Anyway, these decisions were, <laughs> and they collated those and then managed by a top-level AI, which took all that information, effectively looked at each decision and suggestions were made as to the best choice. Now, unlike people where you'd have a group of people doing what a leader says, imagine all of this happening in really fast real time. Anyway, the ultimate result was the AI was able to rack up a maximum score of 900,999,990 points. This is the highest score that this version of the game has ever uh, seen. That is four times that over the nearest human score. Twin Galaxies has some of that info. Uh, let's see right here. World, uh, the Guinness Book of World Records for all-time high scores does not list a point total for this record. Not for the 2600 anyway. Uh, there's another one somebody found online that shows 212,480 is the current high score by a human being in that version of the game. And uh, they're going to spread these findings out, put them in a white paper, let people know what's up. What does it accomplish? Who knows? Researchers theorize that their ideology or methodology, or both, could help, uh, I don't know, a sales organization determine which potential customer is the one to target, or I don't know, lots of stuff like that. Where, where best to put your people? Robots. They're smart. So I assume you guys heard Bethesda said, we have other Elder Scrolls games in the works, but don't expect anything too soon. The main takeaway here is, They don't want to, quote, be the developer that was just Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Elder Scrolls, Fallout for the rest of their development careers. Makes sense. 
So don't look for an Elder Scrolls 6 game, <clears throat> a follow-up to Skyrim anytime soon. Everyone thought, oh, well, that's because they're just trying to push their MMO. I would have assumed that, even though I'm really into their MMO right now. Uh, but that's not what they say is the case. Uh, Hines said, Pete Hines in an interview said, the Elder Scrolls 6 will eventually be made. It is multiple big re- uh, releases down the plan for those folks at Bethesda Game Studios, though. Uh, let's see, in 2016, Todd Howard teased three big and crazy projects that the studio is working on, and there is no word on what form these games might take or if they'll announce them anytime soon or any of that stuff. It seems like they are work being handled between the Maryland and Montreal studios. Heinz told GameSpot that Howard's team wanted to, quote, work on some other stuff and do some other things after releasing Fallout 4, which has surpassed Skyrim to become Bethesda's most successful game ever, which annoys me because I... I mean, I liked, I liked Fallout, but I really like Skyrim. You know what would make Fallout better? And maybe there's a mod I just need to go get. But you know what would make it better? The stupid hand thing, the computer. What's it called? The Pip-Boy. I freaking hate it. It's a terrible way to sort things, look at things, do things. It's awful. Anyway. <clears throat> says a lot of our team want to be uh, doing other things. They don't want to spend their entire career on these projects. And that makes sense, right? Uh, he also confirmed that Fallout and Elder Scrolls are not in the same universe. That uh, they don't think their new mod system is paid mods 2.0. And uh, they were talking about Skyrim VR being one of their favorite things they're working on. But the way I look at it is this. Hurry up and make that game. <laughs> Hey you guys, Scott Johnson here with Video Games Daily. And oh, there's a video playing. That's not cool. I don't like when you do that video on website. <clears throat> Take a look at these charts. The top 10 UK sales chart just hit and uh Horizon Zero Dawn is beating Switch's arms to number 1. Everyone thought that game was going to launch and Switch would be the number 1 hot new business, right? But uh, Sony's open-world Horizon Zero Dawn has finished top the UK charts, despite the fact that Nintendo Switch released the exclusive ARMS. Of course, Horizon Zero Dawn is also an exclusive, but to the PlayStation 4. Uh, Anyway, it debuted at number two, that is to say ARMS, for the week ending June 17th, according to sales monitor Clark, sorry, chart track. Nothing to do with Clark. It was the fourth biggest Switch game launched so far. That was behind Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and 1-2 Switch. So still lagging slightly behind that. Below that, Grand Theft Auto V continues to chart well at number three. That game seems to never want to leave. Dirt 4 drops a little bit to fourth. Uh, you got Wipeout Omega Collection right after that at number five. And uh, the big news is, though, the Horizon Zero Dawn still selling really well for... Uh, for Sony, especially in uh, the UK territory. So here's your top 10. Horizon Zero Dawn, Arms, Grand Theft Auto V, Dirt 4, Wipeout, Omega Collection, Tekken 7, FIFA 17, Overwatch at number 8, 9, Injustice 2, and at 10, Rocket League. Jeez, good job, Rocket League. Pretty good Xbox S deal going around. 200 bucks for an Xbox One S. 
and Minecraft bundle available now. That's pretty good. Hey, you want to hear a bad joke? How does Steve from uh, Minecraft get uh, exercise? How does he get exercise? He runs around the block. <laughs> oh, it's almost like I opened up a virtual package of Bazooka Joe gum. Ask your parents. Anyway, calling all blockbusters. In a very short time, the Xbox One S bundle is on sale at 200 bucks on eBay. I don't know why it's just eBay. Free shipping for this thing. If you don't have this one, you may want to get it before it runs out. The $50 price cut uh, happens to this Xbox One console prior to the Xbox One X reveal. And uh, the S is the second iteration of the Xbox One console. It's basically the slim. The S is basically slim. 40% smaller, has 4K media output, HDR gaming and movies. It's more intended for the casual gamer, prefers a little portability. Blah, blah, blah. The Xbox One X is meant to be for everyone else. So, if you're thinking, man, 500 bucks, too much for the for the uh, Xbox One X, Sony, or uh, Microsoft, sorry, I can't do it. Perhaps this is more your speed. So, Pokemon Go's huge multiplayer update is the game's next evolution. Gyms are changing, game's getting some crazy stuff, there's co-op being introduced, raids... Their biggest rollout will happen uh, to players across the world starting today. You may have already seen it. Nearly a year after the iOS and Android game launched, Pokemon Go gyms have been majorly reworked. They are very different than they used to be, and a major cooperative player feature has been uh, added as well. Some people have gotten a chance to try out Pokemon Go's new gyms and stuff uh, at the E3 conference. And I've heard from some people who are pretty optimistic about what's going on. Uh, Polygon article says... Uh, from article written by, I want to give the quote to the right person. Allegra Frank says, I wasn't a huge fan of how the gyms worked prior to the update. They suffered from top-tier players camping out at them forever and lacked the competitive incentives of the traditional games gyms. These are among the things that Pokemon Go's gym update is meant to correct. Uh, let's see if they can do it. So my good buddy Brian Ibbett, who has a Pokemon Go podcast, who loves the game and plays it constantly, is uh, pretty jazzed about these changes. Uh, you, I mean, when you're fighting in a gym, it can still feel like you're kind of on your own, but Niantic is introducing this raid system, and they have public and private lobbies, so friends who happen to be on the raid battle together can work side by side. No random trainers allowed, so you don't have to go with some doughhead you don't know. After you defeat the Pokemon, still with the usual screen tapping, players will, uh, cha- will have a chance to actually acquire it. So you might be able to actually get the big gym monster that you were there to fight. And, uh, anyway, I mean, it's still not a full-blown Pokemon game by any stretch of the imagination, but I feel like this update brings it a lot closer. Do a quick check on it. It's out there. Read up on whether this is going to get you outside or not. In today's craziest news, or maybe not so crazy... Microsoft's attempt to bring Xbox One content to PC and back and forth is uh, is definitely a thing. That seems to be something they want to do, and it's happening. Doesn't give the Xbox too many uh, uh, explicitly uh, exclusive titles. But Killer Instinct, previously an exclusive on Xbox One, is now coming to Steam. Not even the Windows Store, although I think it's already on the Windows Store. But Steam is getting it. Killer Instinct made its Windows de- uh, PC uh, debut in March of 2016. 
on the Windows Store will launch on Steam later this year, according to developer Iron Galaxy. They mentioned this at a Community Effort 2017 tournament in Orlando, Florida. They later confirmed it on Twitter, saying, That's right, KI is coming to Steam later this year. Thanks to CEO Jeb Bailey for letting us break the news. More details to follow. And speaking of details, there are none. There's no more details. We don't have a launch date. We don't have uh, how the multiplayer is going to work or any of that stuff. But they've completed three seasons since 2016's launch and are still introducing new characters all the time. The newest one is Eagle, the brother of Thunder. I am not a huge Killer Instinct guy, but all of those sound like people. (laughs) Welcome to Video Games Daily. I'm Scott Johnson. Pokemon Go has a new way to shame you. Well, if you're a cheater, they have a new way to shame you. But not if you're not a cheater. If you're not a cheater, they, they, they like you. Niantic's not messing around with hacked Pokemon anymore. They're ushering in a new anti-cheating measure alongside Pokemon Go's big summer update. Pokemon obtained through unofficial means will now be marked as such in, in-game. And the game's going to start acting weird. Here's what they said. With the announcement or the announcement of raid battles and the new battle features, we are staying true on our commitment to ensuring that Pokemon Go continues to be a fun and fair experience for all trainers. Starting today, Pokemon caught using third-party services that circumvent normal gameplay will appear marked with a slash in the inventory and may not behave exactly as expected, unquote. So this ranges from people using bots to people using little buttons and all kinds of ways to sort of get around things. I was reading about somebody who uses his uh, car to just drive around town, and he has a device in the car that just captures captures as many Pokemon as possible. And when he pulls up and parks, he's got like 300 new Pokemon that he caught while he was out. It's crazy. So I'm really curious how this is going to manifest. And I have some friends who use some stuff that's borderline, not really cheating, but there's, you know, I don't know, there's some questions. Is this going to hose you? Or are you playing fair? Nintendo would like you to know that Mario doesn't possess anything in Super Mario Odyssey. (laughs) There's been some concern, I guess, from certain people that when you throw your hat on inanimate objects or other creatures in the world or whatever, that that Mario is, in fact, in, I guess, a religious sense, possessing those things. Anyway, but Nintendo has a, a firm note for everyone to pay attention to. The uh, Mario classic red cap is sentient in Super Mario Odyssey with eyes and everything. The Italian plumber can toss his hat on all sorts of things in New Donk City and elsewhere. And uh, this is all in order to transport his soul, the very essence of Mario's being, into them. At that point, Mario will be able to control the noun in question, which will indicate its possessed nature by supporting a red cap of its own up on top of its dumb head with a curly mustache on its face. So if you think that sounds like uh, possession, well, you're probably not wrong. Anyway. (laughs) Sam Logan, the artist behind Sam and Fuzzy, the webcomic, posted a funny illustration on Monday to clarify the difference between Kirby that has been eaten by Mario and a Kirby who hasn't been, and that would be his mustache. It's important to know the difference, he said. 
Uh, Nintendo of America said, uh, um, actually, he's been captured by Mario. This is Nintendo of America saying it officially on Twitter. So if you thought it was about possession, you were wrong. Captured, which also means they can move him around and do stuff like you're possessed. Sega has made a big decision. They have forever made it possible for you to play your favorite classic Sega games 100% free to play. Although their new mobile service does come with a bit of a catch. They're giving its classic games library from the Master System to the Dreamcast a new place. It's called Sega Forever. It's a mobile service out for iOS and Android that makes nearly every Sega game available for free. I think nearly is the operative word there. It's an ad-supported program. Uh, and it's available now. And some of the titles you're going to see are, for example, Mega Drives and Genesis versions of Sonic the Hedgehog, the original, Altered Beast, Fantasy Star 2, Kid Chameleon, and Comic Zone. They make up the initial batch of games. All of these games, all the games in the Sega Forever games, are mixed, uh, kind of a mix of ports, emulations of original titles. They all have offline play, controller support, leaderboards, cloud saves, all that stuff. Here's the big hang-up, though. Every Sega Forever, Forever title has ads in it. So no, so matter what, that's just the way it is. There's no, you know, you don't got to buy gems or do any weird stuff like that, but you are going to be subjected to, to ads, either video ads or banner ads. Uh, however, here's some good news. To get around the ads, player can spend a buck ninety nine to get a more pure experience. Song of the Hedgehog is still showing at two ninety nine purchase. However, it's uh, the same version that's been av- available on the App Store and Google Play for several years. So I don't know what that means, but... All Sega Forever games will be available at that price. The publisher said that buck ninety nine. That includes those that are coming in the future. The idea is you will pay two bucks to unlock that particular game and never have ads in it again. Is that a good deal? Let me know. Scott at frogpants.com. Uh, Steam Summer Sale. Steam Summer Sale. Say it fast. Steam Summer Sale dates have been revealed, and PayPal is at fault for leaking it. (laughs) This happened before, so this isn't anything new. But once again, PayPal UK has tweeted that the Steam Summer Sale will go live on June 22nd. Uh, Discounts for that day start at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. It's uh, kind of a tradition for PayPal to spill the beans. Every summer and every winter for all these sales that happen. They've done it every time since winter of 2015. So a couple years of this now. We don't know what the games are going to be yet, but PayPal's offering its UK customers five euros off, or sorry, five pounds rather, off any purchase of 20 pounds or more. It's uh, kind of unclear whether the company will extend this discount to all of us here in North America. But the deal is valid through July 5th. We know that. And uh, we think it'll last till then. It's not very long. Last year's winter sale featured sizable drops in many of the 2016 biggest releases like Stardew Valley, Hyperlight Drifter, Doom, and so on. Uh, I like it. I like a good summer sale, so I'm in. I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap my hands around it and squeeze it tight. Buy a bunch of shite I'm not probably gonna ever play, but hey, sales. <laughs> what are you gonna do? PlayStation VR on sale for $299.99 via eBay. You may want to get in there quick. You've been holding off trying to get a PSVR. 
Sony surprised a lot of people with their focus at E3 on the uh, PlayStation VR, meaning, you know, they're on that platform to, you know, to stay, it sounds like. The company's pretty comfortable continuing to throw support at virtual reality, and we're big fans of the experience. So why not? Technology is expensive, though. The headsets start at $399.99 without the PlayStation camera. So if you're getting in, and now's the time you're going to do it, Newegg, through their eBay store, is starting to offer standalone headsets for $299.99. You still need to get the PlayStation camera, and that's like 50 to, that's like 50 bucks, 45 maybe if you get lucky. You can get those from stores like Amazon, GameStop, whatever, if you don't already have one, but you need that in order to make all this work. There is a limited quantity available. We don't know how many that's going to be. What limited means, we don't know. They haven't defined it. But if you want your PlayStation VR, there's no better deal right now. So get on eBay. Look for uh, Egghead, or sorry, New Eggs. Remember Egghead Software? I, I went back in time there for a minute. New Eggs eBay store and get your headset now. No more waiting. The Necromancer is coming to Diablo 3 at the end of June, June 27th. Are you ready? Looks like uh, console owners can jump in with the Diablo 3 Eternal Collection bundle. For you console folks wondering if the Necromancer was going to be a part of that deal or not, it is. Anyway, Blizzard's been working on this for a long time. They are bringing the Necromancer uh, class back to Diablo with the release of Rise of the Necromancer pack for Diablo 3. We have a date, June 27th, and the add-on will be available for Mac, PlayStation 4, Windows PC, and Xbox One for... $14.99. I think that is a screaming price. I expected $25. I know a lot of people argue with me on this, and I don't want to get into it here, but I think that's a totally reasonable amount of money to pay for a new character in Diablo, considering what a new character in Diablo actually is. It's not like other games where it's like, you know, a couple of things. It's like a fully fleshed out, all the abilities, all the runes, all the stuff. There's a new zone as well. Some other cosmetics and things that are included in this, but $14.99, hell of a deal. In addition to the new playable class, like I mentioned, it will include a half-formed golem in-game pet, cosmetic wings of the Crypt Guardian, two extra character slots, the Necromancer portrait, banner, sigil, and accent, and Bloodmaster pendant. Players on PC will also get access to two additional stash tabs, because that's where the stash tabs are. They're not on the console versions. At any rate, I think it's awesome. I cannot wait. I'm really uh, happy to get my hands into uh, John LeGrave's and team's uh, hard work here. This has been their big project since he kind of took over over there. And I'm super jazzed, super stoked about Diablo 3 Rise of the Necromancer. And even though I got Nerdtacular coming up like two days later, I'm still going to play it, damn it! Hello, everybody. Scott Johnson here with the Video Games Daily Show right here on Anchor.fm. I don't know if you knew uh, uh, or you were about to get a whole bunch of really good news from Blizzard because I didn't have any idea this was coming. But Blizzard is going to do a couple of things in a couple of games that uh, seem good for us as players. They are going to drastically reduce Overwatch loot box duplicates. And uh, they're also making some changes to the highlights feature. But most importantly, I think uh, the, imp- the the improvements to the loot boxes could be huge. Jeff Kaplan in today's developer update video, which he likes to do, uh, 
He said this. We are going to make significant improvements to the loot box experience. One of the things that we're going to do is drastically reduce the rate of duplicates that you can get out of any loot box. We think this will help immediately and be evident and extremely significant for all our players. And we think it's going to feel fantastic. Because getting dupes does not necessarily feel fantastic. A reduction in duplicate items doesn't mean the players will see less currency coming in, he says. Quote, to compensate, we're going to increase the amount of credits you get out of loot boxes. We'll make sure your credit intake will be at least the same, if not more, when all of this is done. That seems like good news. You have to keep in mind that the system doesn't have infinite content, so at some point you're going to get duplicate items. But we think the changes should be very drastic and significant. So, that's good news. More good news is Hearthstone's giving out more legendary cards and doing it more freely in their next expansion. They say they want to make it easier for you to fill your collection. Opening a legendary should be exciting, says director Ben Brode in a video about the news. We think this change should make it consistently better. Boy, do you you sense a similar tone between these two? We're super excited about the changes, says Brode, especially in the context of our next expansion, which honestly, I'm super excited to announce. Uh, I assume that'll be... We don't know when we're going to get that announced, do we? I bet it's Gamescom. That's my personal pick. Anyway, to celebrate the news, Blizzard is also running a sale on card packs for the uh, Journey to the Young Guru set. And uh, that was released earlier this year. You get seven packs at $9.99. This will earn you two bonus packs for nine total. So you'll get nine for nine, for nine basically. Uh, Fifteen packs at $19.99. That earns you five bonus packs, so 20 total. 40 packs at $49.99, 52 total, and 60 packs at $69.99, which earns you 18 bonus packs for a total of 78. That seems like probably the best deal, but also the most money. Anyway, good job, Blizzard. Make it easier for us to get stuff. I like it. EA is finally bringing the modern NHL into NHL 18. One of the only sports video games I play on the regular or that I like to play. It's been a while, I have to admit, but uh, is the NHL franchise from EA. I've always been a fan. I've always had a good time with it. I will never forget NHL 94. What a game. It's a long time ago now, but it's a hell of a game at the time. Anyway, uh, they've been using that slogan, it's in the game for more than two decades now. Well, now you get to see how realistic they want to be. Uh, in the real life NFL or NHL, there's more speed and skill and finesse than ever. And it's not necessarily in the game or hasn't been. EA Vancouver is hoping to change that this year with NHL 18 in an effort to allow players to do what the NHL's brightest stars do every night on the ice. Well, not every night, but when they're playing. Uh, to hear the studio tell it, much of what is new in 18 was added to represent today's league, along with expanding control options on both offense and defense. It will integrate three-on-three play through a new mode and the Vegas Golden Knights, the NHL's newest team. I forgot Vegas got a team. Anyway, they'll be in there. That's a big year for them. Uh, can they get it right with uh, with the game? I don't know. Uh, they're adding what they're calling skill or stick skills or additional stick skills. Uh Part of me is a little worried because part of what I like about a good hockey game is quick passing, one time, uh, or one, what do you call that? One touch passing, uh, that kind of stuff. I'm sort of into that. So I don't want them to get too weird here and go too simmy. That's never quite worked out for them. Or at the very least, let me play in ways that are 
kind of chill. Anyway, we'll see. Comes out later this year. Look for it. On all consoles. Maybe even PC. One can hope. Did any of you play Pillars of Eternity on the PC when it came out? I did. I thought it was a little slow at the time. They improved it. And I think their second game uh, was a little better. But I have some good news for console owners because Pillars of Eternity is coming to PS4 and Xbox One. This was on the heels of another announcement about City Skylines getting a PS4 version as well. Some cool PC games that have done well over the last couple of years finally making their way to, to consoles. It's usually the other way around. Kind of an interesting twist these days, but today Paradox Interactive announced it will be publishing two of its most popular titles on modern consoles for the first time, new editions of Pillars of Eternity and City Skylines. Uh, that'll all be custom-built for modern consoles. So if you're worried about control issues, and cities especially, I think, you you know, hopefully we'll get something cool there. I like what Blizzard did with Diablo, so it can be done. Isometric role-playing game Pillars of Eternity Complete Edition will include the original PC game and the White March DLC in its entirety. Uh, that game's pretty awesome. Probably 80 hours of content. And uh, they're expecting that to hit August 29th of this year. Uh, Deadfire, another expansion to uh, Pillars of Eternity, or not an expansion, a sequel. Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire had a spectacular crowdfunding show on Fig. Remember that? Fig. That's being made for PC. Uh, uh, City Skylines, though. Huge hit on PC. Kind of came out of nowhere and made everybody go, oh, that's what SimCity could have been. Guess we rely on that now for our city building fun. That is also coming out. The Xbox version was released in April, so that's already been out, but the PlayStation 4 version is expected to arrive on August 15th. Prices for all of those games have not been announced. I'm closing things out today with some news that isn't even really video game related, but I think it's important, so I'm going to mention it. Ron Howard is stepping in to rescue the Han Solo movie. Uh, Boy, you know, I don't know. I'm really torn on this. I love Ron Howard as a director. I've loved many of his movies. Some of them are stinkers. I think those Dan Brown novel books are bad, or those novel movies. uh, Those aren't good. Inferno was not good. However, most of his work is is exceptional. But I think of him as like an Oscar director. It's like having Scorsese or somebody make your Star Wars movie. So it's a little bit weird. Uh, The news was Disney's young Han Solo film uh, lost its directors. Shockwaves rippled through the industry just a few days ago. Now, Ron Howard is stepping up. Hopefully the entire movie will be narrated by an episode of Arrested Development. That's my hoping. Uh, this isn't the first time they've worked together, or uh, I shouldn't say worked together, but Ron Howard worked with George Lucas on the, uh, what was the movie called? It was called uh, The Little, with the little tiny people in it. It was called Willow. There's the movie I was trying to think of. So there's some fun connection there. Uh, says, we have a wonderful script. We have an incredible cast and crew. The absolute commitment to make a great movie. Filming will resume on the 10th of July, he says. The uh, original cast is all good. They're all sticking around. Directors Phil Lord and Chris Miller are out. I guess they were planning to move the storyline away from the tone set by series veteran Lawrence Kasdan, who co-wrote The Empire Strikes Back. 
and uh, was brought back to finish The Force Awakens. That decision is reportedly what led to them being kicked out for creative dis- differences. These guys made the uh, the Lego movie. So what would you expect if you hired the Lego movie people? Do you think they're going to be a little goofy maybe? Seems weird, but I think it's going to be fine. It's Ron Howard. He's fine. He, he knows how to make things. Thanks, you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.